And welcome to another episode of the Matt Cap, where we discuss game recaps over a nightcap at the Jack Buck Grill. And we had a fantastic one last Wednesday, as we had the guys that lather in Biofreeze mixed up with the girls that were shopping at the Mac on two filled with some random German dude who was butting up to Judge Kajawa and a whole bunch of whiskey tasters. It was a great Wednesday at the Grill, so if uh, any of the Open League guys ever want to come down and check out the Over 40 crowd, it does make for a fantastic evening. We also had a fantastic game up on five where we saw Team Carter take on Team Memphis. I had Team Carter as a five and a half point favorite. And uh, Team Carter did not disappoint as we will get into the lineups here. Uh, led by Carter Alexander, who was himself, Mike Hackett, Jared King, uh, Nick Kajawa, Aaron Pollitz, and Tim Van Ryan. Absent was Rob Connors and... Uh, Dan Marietta. Rob Connors averaging about 10 a game, and Dan Marietta, a longtime great role player. Up against Team Mechas, five and a half point underdogs, led by Dan Mechas, Pat Cantwell, Jake, Andy Hillen, Brett Konecki, Carlos Ramirez, TC Slater, and Nat Wallace, absent Neil Perryman. Uh, Team Alexander, right out of the gate with a 10 0 lead. Uh, they continued to build upon that lead as they stretched it out to 16-7, about 10 minutes left in the half, and that is where Team Alexander goes cold. Team Alexander went 12 minutes without a field goal, and during that same time actually only had two free throws, and that allowed Team Mechas to pull all the way back and tie the game at 18-18. They went on an 11-2 run, which for the over 40 guys is a 10-minute uh, time frame to get to that point. Uh, but picking it up with three minutes left, uh, we have uh, Tim Van Ryan, who unfortunately misses the front end of a 1-1, one and one, so the game remains at 18-18. And out of all people, Judge Kajawa ends up breaking the tie for Team Alexander and breaks the field goal drought to take a 20-18 lead with about two minutes and 30 seconds left. TC buries a three to help keep Team Mechas in it. However, uh, Team Alexander, after having a pretty rough stretch there in the last 10-12 minutes, ends up scoring eight points in the final 90 seconds of the half to take it to 26-22 at half. Team Alexander over Team Mechas. Now, on to the inaugural made man of the pod, Governor Neil Perryman. So I start making a small talk with uh, Neil. There's about seven minutes left to go in the first half. And then kind of discover through my mind that like, hey, you're supposed to be in this game. So I kind of give him the elbow like, hey, uh, you injured, something going on. What's up? He says, nah, I uh, just got back from travel. Okay. So I kind of give him the lean of, uh, so uh, you, you, you're going you're gonna to suit up at halftime? And I uh, just want to be clear at this point. Governor Neil Perryman did not say this. Do not need a defamation suit. Did not actually say these words. However, Governor Neil Perryman's eyes told me this. Hey, listen, young whippersnapper. You think I'm going to travel all day, show up halfway through the first half, not stretch, not biofreeze, not steam, not warm up, and going to roll into the championship game and be the ninth man on the bench just so I can get yelled at by Brent and Nat throughout the game? You think I'm going to sign up for that? You got to be out of your goddamn mind. That's how I took it. And so for that, Neil Perryman, you are the made man of the podcast. If anybody else would like to recommend or nominate a made man who shows extreme, uh, as we Sam, Sam Cassell would call it, cojones, I am all for all nominations. Please get those in. But back to the action. 
We're going to pick it up in the second half. Uh, the game stayed mostly close. Team Alexander was winning by about five to seven points for most of the second half. But let's get to a couple quick highlights. Uh, the first one being Jared King somehow not picking up a technical foul despite dropping a F-bomb that I'm pretty sure you could have heard from the men's 5M locker room. Uh, so <clears throat> apparently uh, if you slide an extra 20 or two, you uh, can get away with a, a couple F-bombs. So that was impressive out of King, which I believe was on a block charge call that Brett Konecchio won the award of actually taking the charge. But somehow was still managed to foul out with five fouls with about six and a half minutes left. He wasn't the only one. Nat Walsh followed suit with about two to three minutes left. And that is where we are going to pick it up with three minutes and 45 seconds remaining in the second half. Team Alexander is up 40 to 37. And then we'll find T.C. Slater at the all-too-familiar free-throw line, down three. T.C. shooting one and one, gets his first shot up, and he misses. However, another lane violation, very similar to the one he picked up in the semifinals of the Open League. However, this was on the other team, so T.C. gets a huge break missing the front end of the one and one, getting to reshoot that shot, makes the first, then makes the second. So now we have Team Mecca picking up two points as Team Alexander is now winning 40-39. to TVR answers with a deep three. This is a Matt Morris distance three as Team Alexander takes the lead or remains in the lead 43 to 39. Mekas on the other end has a nice open look for three but clanks it off the iron and we go the other way as Team Alexander gets the ball on a tie up this time staying with Team Alexander. However, they are unable to capitalize on that extra opportunity and Team Mekas down four has the ball going the other way. TC hoists the three ball up and misses again. Then Kajawa is fouled on the rebound. Team Alexander on the rebound goes down to the other end to shoot the one and one Kajawa misses the front end. Now we have two minutes left and Team Mekas down four goes back down the other way where Mekas is fouled. Mekas makes one of two. Team Mekas down three, 43 to 40. Carter himself gets a look from three and misses. However, the fight for the offensive rebound and Jared King picks up the board and is fouled. He makes one and two, extending the lead to 44-40. And this is where Mekas comes back down the court with 45 seconds left. He gets the shot up and no good again. And then Nat fouls TVR. TVR only makes one and two, pushing the lead to 45-40. Then Carlos Ramirez ends up with the rock and is fouled, so he goes to the free throw line to shoot two. Carlos gets two up and makes two, cutting the lead to 45-42 with 30 seconds left to play. This leads to two quick fouls, one on each team. Each team makes one of two free throws, which puts the game at 46-43 with 10 seconds left. This is where the game gets funky. Team Alexander up three with the ball, 10 seconds left. Goes for the outlet pass, the home run pass. It goes off someone's fingertips. It goes into the backcourt, wildly turning the ball over. T.C. Slater corrals the ball with about seconds, seven seconds left. Pushes the ball up. Gets an open shot to Carlos Ramirez, who gets the game-tying three ball up. And unfortunately, with two seconds left, it does not go down. Quick foul. Makes a free throw. Game over. 48-44. Team Alexander, the number one seed. Winning but not covering. There you have it, Team Alexander, your Fall League Over 40 champions. Epilogue. The basketball portion of the Over 40 is capped off with Brett Konecki asking if the officials would like to be in Team Alexander's game-winning cherry diamond photo, stating he's never seen so many fouls called in a championship game. Now, on to our MAC Fall League Open Championship preview, where we will have Team 
Evans versus Team Simon. Team Simon comes into the game with only one loss in the year. However, that loss did happen to be to Team Evans about a month ago. Team Evans also was strong down the stretch, but some say may have thrown their final regular season game to end up at 6-2. As well, they've cruised through the playoffs winning both of their games and taking out the formidable opponent uh, Gary Wood and his team, who was slightly favored going into that matchup. Now on to the breakdowns where I have confirmed with both captains that there will be full squads going into the matchup. So let's get on to that breakdown right now. Starting with the point guard matchup, we're going to see two different styles. On the one side of the table, you're going to see Team Evans with T.C. Slater primarily being the point guard, though Bum will take a lot of point guard responsibility. But T.C. Slater is your standard kind of combo guard. Can definitely shoot it, likes to create, likes the ball in his hand. Uh, has had a great year this year. Unfortunately, will not be going for the double, but still looking to get a championship after a five-year hiatus in Indianapolis. And then on the other side, you're going to see Michael Simon, your more traditional-based uh, distributor, facilitator, point guard. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see how they play off against each other, but I'm excited to see how these two will handle each other. Both a little undersized. We'll see if Michael Simon's energy and youthfulness can uh, slow down T.C. Slater. Next on to the first-round matchups, who aren't quite the point guards, but are more the point forwards of their team. We're talking about Luke Bumgartner and Ross Knutson. Two perennial first-round picks and people that can definitely carry their squad, and in this case, carry their squad to the championship game. Obviously, everyone knows Ross's game can jump out of the gym and is currently still playing championship-level sand volleyball down in Florida if you want to catch up on his uh, his accolades down in Florida. But uh, back to basketball here, where uh, kind of the two things that stand out with these two players is Ross is actually uh, leading out of all players left in the championship game at 14th place in scoring. Uh, so these teams are definitely been balanced, and while they are not the primary creators, they will be there to uh, to be leaned on as the game progresses. And we'll see if Team Evans ends up going with a little bit of Lucas Poker on Ross, just to see a little bit different matchup, see if we can't get some height to bother that jumper. But that kind of leads us into our next cross matchup uh, with Nick Bubeck and Tom Martin, bigger, stronger shooting guys as well. Poker could be needed there, as well as Ben Albers will help in that realm. So we'll see how that cross matchup plays out. Albers and Poker like to be a little bit more inside. Poker does shoot the three a little bit, but not to the same volume that you'll see Bubeck and Tom Martin. Tom Martin also will go for deep from three. Uh, so it'll be a really interesting matchup on how they try to use their two big guys, Albers and Polker, against Team Simon's three big guys, Ross, Nick, and Tom. So I think that's going to be where the cross matchups are going to be and where some of those GMing skills that you're going to see Evans and Simon need to have. Uh, that's going to lead us into our swing position where it's going to be a, a toss-up whether we're going to see Team Evans go with Dennis Evans himself as the fifth guy or if we're going to insert Michael Blood for a little bit more creation. Their game plan thus far has been to start Evans and then let Blood create on the second unit. Blood's done a great job all year really taking advantage of some of the weaker defenders that he gets matched up with as the uh, sixth man. Unfortunately, here with Team Simon, there's really not that matchup as you're probably going to see either Sean Larson or Matt Curie uh, being that sixth person. So I'm not sure if Blood's going to be able to cook like he could against some other teams. Uh, and Evans has been playing really well as that support fifth player on the starting unit. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, team Simon is at six players, while Team Evans does have the full complementary of eight, though that eighth player is one Gary Sextro, who I will imagine is going to average about 2.5 minutes during this game, as he is always team first, wine later. Unmentioned this far is their seventh man, Brent Weber, who does fill up from the three-point line and will help with Team Evans' spacing throughout. 
So they do have a solid seven members versus their solid six members. So this is why they're in the championship team and can't wait to see how this plays out. So let's get to the line. I do have the final line at Team Simon minus 3.5, Evans plus 3.5 going the other way. The money line has Team Simons at minus 140 and Team Evans at plus 165. I did think I was going to have the line maybe at five and a half, maybe even up to six. But going through the matchup, looking at the previous game where Team uh, where Team Evans did end up winning by about 18 points, I did decide to make this a pretty close line and uh, excited to see how the game plays out. If you're interested in adjusted lines because you think your favorite team is going to win by at least 15 points, I do have that line set for Team Simon at plus 650 to win by at least 15 points. And if you think Evans is going to get the big blowout win this evening, I do have that at plus 900. Excited for the championship game. Tuesday, 6 o'clock, downtown MAC. Hope to see everybody there nice and early and get those bets down. This is Drew Weckbeck for the Mac Cap Championship Preview.